Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show, Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hey, friend, it's Sunday afternoon out here on the river, and if I'm sitting looking at the river next to Tata, it must be Tuesdays with Tata. How are you doing, Tata? I am well. How are you? I'm good. You nearly drowned earlier today. Yeah, I did. I I haven't experienced anything like that in a long time. Uh, I just... uh, I, I, I dosed myself, I strained, strangled myself. The children used to say, I strangered myself. <laughs> Took a sip of water and it was all over, man. I hate when that happens. Yeah, yeah, I hate that too. But fortunately, Tata's here. We didn't have to call the lifeguard or, yeah, yeah. or EMS or anything. We're good to go. Yeah. So, Amen. Lord, it's been good to me. Amen. It's good to talk to you, Tata. Friend, you're hearing this on Tuesday, Lord willing. It's uh, all in August. Today is the 21st, so you should hear this on Tuesday the 23rd. We are getting close to the end of it. And if you're all in with us, or if you're struggling, or if you haven't started yet, just let, let us hear from you. Speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. We'd love to hear your voice. Put it on the podcast. And uh, even though it's towards the end of the month, if you're just getting started or you're in the midst of something you want to tell us about, hit us up on speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Hey, today, Tata, i got something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and it's kind of a, it's interesting how my brain works sometimes. I'll hear, I'll hear Mark Batterson say something, I'll read A.W. Tozer say something, I'll read a scripture, and, and, I, and they'll seem related, but I'm not sure how. And so I wanted to just bring this to you and talk about it a little bit today. Um, we, we had an episode a couple of weeks ago where I talked about hungering and thirsting for better stuff. Like one of the reasons that people mm-hmm. are pursuing all the crazy things that we're pursuing in our lives, you know, alcohol or sex or money or whatever, is because we're, we, we think those things will fill us up and make us happy. Jesus told us in Matthew 5, 3, blessed or happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so A.W. Tozer, in his amazing book, uh, The Pursuit of God, he wrote about what he called the tyranny of things. And what he was talking about in the tyranny of things is this idea that in, in the garden, God gave us the perfection and all we needed was Him. Mm-hmm. And after the fall, the devil said, you need all this other stuff mm-hmm. to be happy. Amen. And ever since then, we've been pursuing stuff that makes us thirstier and hungrier. That's right. Well, look at the advertising today. Automobiles, clothing... Uh, golf clubs. That's right. Everything. <laughs> It'll make you better. That's right. And you'll like yourself more. That's right. 
And you will impress your friends. That's right. You need to drive this, wear that, spray this on yourself, rub right. this on your face, eat this, drink this. That's right. Date her, find him, maybe then you'll be happy. That's right. right? Maybe. Maybe. maybe then. Yeah, but then yeah. what happens when you get it? You're not. Yeah, the target no. moves. You need the next one. You need something else. That's right. I thought about, like, you see it in professions. Like, this guy works so hard to make it to the NFL because he thinks getting in the NFL will make him happy, and then he doesn't get to start, and he's not happy. No. And then he finally gets to start, but he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, and then he's not happy. And That's right. He makes the Pro Bowl, but he's only second team, and he's not happy. No. Like, he's just never happy. That's right, because yeah. there's always one more. There's always something else, or somebody's coming that's faster than you. That's right. There's something. Tommy Walker has a, a little talk he gave before one of his songs um, on uh, called uh, All About Your Glory is the song. And he says, if, if your life is about pursuing your own glory, you'll never be happy because there's always mm -hmm. somebody that's got more glory than you do. Right. Somebody prettier than you or faster than you or smarter than you. That's right. And uh, if your life's about God's glory, that's what C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. was getting at when he said, if you aim at heaven, you get the earth thrown in too. But if that's you right. aim at the earth, you don't get either one. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and we talked about this before, but and you and I heard this uh, this, this pastor, and he said, and, and, and I can't quote it exactly like he said it, but he said that if, if the devil can't change your mind about God, he'll change your mind about you. That's right. That's right. And so and then it becomes, uh, it become, becomes idolatry because then we're worshiping something else. That's right. we're not, and we've replaced God with something we want to do or, right. we, or something we want. That's right. So I had this idea of, it's mentioned in both Tozer's book and in Mark Batterson's book, All In, which is, of course is our kind of, our kind of uh, syllabus for this month, if you will. Jesus said, you know, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Um, they'll receive everything. Mm -hmm. and, and he tells his disciples, if you want to come after me, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. For if you save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. It's That's always right. these paradoxes with Jesus. Like, yeah. The, the things that we think will fill us up make us hungrier. He gives us something that seems so simple. Just follow me, right. and it fills us up. That's right. And we don't get thirsty anymore, right? So Tozer talks about this tyranny of things, and he finds a great example in the story of Abraham and Isaac when Abraham has been waiting 25 years since God made this promise to him mm -hmm. that he's going to have a son. Yeah. And that from that son is going to come this great nation. And from that great nation will come the Savior of the world. Like, mm -hmm. like Abraham's got this promise he's been waiting a long time for. And the baby finally comes. Yeah. He finally gets the thing he's been waiting for. And so Tozer says, well, you know, it seems like that, that child could sort of have become almost an idol to Abraham. He's been waiting a hundred years to have this mm -hmm. baby and, and, and it's the apple of his eye and it's everything to him. And he believes that all of God's promises revolve around Isaac. And then God asks something of him. Mm -hmm. What does he, he do? Yeah. Well, I, I want to I take you back just a little, just, just a short period of time to back, back. We're in Genesis 21. Yep. And this, 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 the narrative is in Genesis 22. But in Genesis 21, we find that where Abraham is, made, is meeting with Abimelech and the, and the, and the head of the army. Yeah. Um, they, and, and, one, and Abimelech says something that's very strong coming from him because he was a Philistine. Mm -hmm. Abimelech said, God is with you in all that you do. Mm. God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me. 
and are my descendants or my posterity. Now, isn't that an amazing picture? Could, what, how, how would it be if it, that was said about us? Wow. That God is with you in everything that you do. So that, that's a powerful, powerful position to be in. That's right. And, and here is Abimelech, who is a Philistine, and maybe he's on the outside looking in. I can't speak to that. But I know that he recognizes that God is with Abraham. Not just with him, but with him in everything that he does. That's right. Every step that he takes. But in picking up the, 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 the story uh, in, in, in the, or the narrative in Genesis 22, we, we find that, and, and just parts of this we'll read together, but uh, after, and this was in beginning of verse 1 in Genesis 22, after these things, the things that were, uh, Abraham had made a treaty with, uh, or a covenant with Abimelech, God tested Abraham. Tested him. Tested him. That's right. Mark Batterson makes an, an important point about this, a distinction. God will never tempt us, but he will test us. That's right. And so you have to be ready. To, you That's have right. to be ready for the test. And he says, before you read, I'm going to tell you this one line that I took out of All In. He said, when we come to Scripture, instead of dissecting Scripture, we need to let Scripture dissect us. That's right. Our thoughts and attitudes, right. our dreams and desires, our fears and That's hopes. Right. And in the light of that, the idea that God mm -hmm. will dissect you and look at how you're put yeah. together when He's testing you, have that in your mind when you yes. read about what Abraham did. Well, here. and then, but I'll, I'll say this, and this is not to, not to make myself look any different than anybody else, but one of the things that I often do when I, before I read Scripture, I say, I, I say, God, please speak to me. That's right. Make it clear to me. Help me understand. What do you want me to know? That's right. And picking up the, the narrative again is, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And what did Abraham say? Yeah. Here am I. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morah, and, after, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he went to do what God told him to do. That's right. God said, offer your son, the son that you love. That's right. Reminds me of John 3.16, where God sent his son, one and only son that That's he right. loved. The beloved son. To die for us. Two different times that Abraham, that God said something remarkable to Abraham. He said, "Go, mm -hmm. get up and go, and right. go into he left. a new land, and take your son and sacrifice him." And we don't see in Scripture either time that Abraham said, "What?" Yeah, that's what? right. Wait, no, <laughs> what God? That's right. He that's just right. did it. That's right. right. That's right. Well, and, and that's why maybe Abimelech could say, "God is with you in all that you do." That's right. How powerful a statement is that? That's right. It's all-encompassing. Uh, it's profound just to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, but you think, get this picture again. Now, and, and we don't know when God talked to him or how he talked to him. Did he, was God's voice audible to him? We don't know that. Scripture doesn't reveal that to us. Mm -hmm. But God called, said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Here I am. Ready to go. Ready to go. Oh. Send me, I will go. But he, he, he said, but he rose up early in the morning 
And uh, this translation I'm reading from, it, it indicates that it, he took two, two young men with him, but some translations say servants, and I'm not sure what they were. They were slaves or servants or just people that, were, that were, had joined him. But he took them and he took his son and he loaded his donkey and left. That's right. Just got up and got after it. Because God said, I will tell you where. That's right. And so there they went. And then another, another piece done in that, that really is, um, really is so profound. I, I can't even imagine what this must have been like. But down in verse 7, Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went, they, so they went, both of them together. So they were traveling together, and they, and I don't know how old Isaac was at this time, but think about that. He said, we have all these things. You have the wood, you have the knife, you have, but where's the lamb? Where is the lamb? And what did Abraham say? God will provide. Yep, God will provide. And he was still going where he did not know where he was going. That's right. Because God said, I'll tell you where. Mm-hmm. God's going to tell him the place. That's right. So think about that and think of that picture of obedience. And we've been talking about all in. Could we not say that Abraham was all in? He was all in. He picked up the knife. <clears throat> That's he right. He was ready to go. That's right. And so... And then another another part that 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 has that really got my attention, um, and and I and I pondered this many times. And in verse uh, eleven, but the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, "Abraham." The angel of the Lord called, "Abraham, Abraham," and he said, "Here I am." And then he was given instruction because he was in a position he had built the altar. Now, what that looked like, I can't imagine, but because he must have picked up stones and built it so that he could build a fire on it and, right. on, and, and have, offer a burnt offering. But, but, and he was prepared. He, he tied his son up and put him on the wood. That's right. And had the knife about to strike him and take his life. That's right. What a, what, I, what a picture is that? Tozer now, says... Go back. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say Tozer said... <clears throat> That he he basically God allowed the suffering man to go through with it up to the point where he knew there would be no retreat. That's right. He, he waited till the the knife was coming down. Yeah. yeah. He waited till Abraham was all in. That's right. Before he stopped the trial, and he knew there would be no retreat, and then he forbade Abraham to lay a hand on the boy, and so basically he's 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 testing Abraham because he knows that the the coming days and the coming years are going to demand that kind of all-in life. That's right. And Abraham passes the test. That's, That's right. why yeah. James says, consider it all joy when you face trials of many right. kinds. Yeah. But, but think of the, what Abraham had. He had a covenant with God. That's right. A son, family, people, and a land. That's right. A nation. Now, did he have a, did he, was he able to visualize that? I don't know. But one of the things that, that I'm confident in that, that why Abimelech could say, God is with you in everything that you did mm-hmm. or do, is what we just said earlier, 
that he was the first thing God said to Abraham was, "Get up and go. That's right. Leave your home." Yep. All of his family was there, and, and he left, Denise. and he didn't even know where he was going. That's right. Didn't even say which way. Just go. No, yeah, just him. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, did did he follow a star or did he follow a a, a burning bush? I don't know. I don't know. But he did what God said. That's right. And that's the, that's the, that's the posture that we should have today. That's that right. we do what God di- says do, right. and we don't do what He says don't do. That's right. So we we obey. That's right. And this is what this is a picture of Abraham obeying. That's right. There's two things I think as I've thought about this. There, there's two things that Abraham must have believed in his heart in order to be able to go through with that trial. One of them is that he had to believe that when God said he was going to make a great nation out of him, that he was tr- that it was true. Because if God believed that he was going to have a son, it was impossible, and God came through. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul says in Romans 4.18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. That's right. So even when it all seemed lost, he just had enough hope and faith that he was going to keep That's believing. Right. So he had to believe that God's promise of making a nation out of him had to be true. That's and right. if that was true, and God was asking him to sacrifice Isaac, <laughs> then that makes... Hebrews 11.19 makes sense because Hebrews 11.19 says Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so he said, you know what? If God's going to build a nation out of my son and God's asking me to sacrifice my son and and then I'm going to follow him and obey him, that must mean that God's going to raise Isaac from the dead if I do this. But but here, I skipped over one thing that's still very important to me. Thank you. uh, And should be very important to all of us. Um, Abraham said to the young men that were with him, "Stay here with the donkey. I will. I, I and the boy will go over there and worship, and come again to you." Yeah, we will come again to you. That's <laughs> yeah. right. He, he knew it in the depths of his soul that God was not going to take his boy away. That's right. He knew it. He, but he still did what God said to do. Yep. And Amen. to me, that is, and he was apparently. Uh, when when Isaac was born, he was about a hundred years old, and uh, and Sarah was uh, in her nineties or late nineties, so they were they were beyond the years of childbearing. But but anyway, the whole when you look at when you look intently at the position that Abraham took, he was going to do exactly what God told him to do, one way or the other. That's right, and that's what he did. So he, can we say that he was all in? He was all in. He was all in. Here's what Batterson said about this. We need to identify our Isaac. So when he said, let Scripture dissect you, you let that kind of word get in you and see what's more important to you than God is. Mm -hmm. Batterson says this, God will never tempt you. It's not in His nature. In fact, He promises to provide an escape for every tempting situation. But I can promise you this, God will test your faith. And those tests will not get easier. They will get progressively harder as the stakes get higher. All those tests will undoubtedly revolve around what is most important to you. That's right. What do you put your identity in? Where do you find your security? That's your Isaac. And God will test you to make sure that your identity and your security are found in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's right. And God will go after anything you trust in more than Him until you put it on the altar. That's right. Until you give it up. 
That's all in. That's all in. Hair standing up a mile. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, yeah. That's powerful yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Abraham's a great example. He made a mis- he made many mistakes like all of us do, but at the end, what is it? What is it said of him? He was God's friend. That's right. And what a better epitaph that we would that's want. Right. And 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 and, I, and and the one thing that also that Abraham did is he named the place. God will provide. That's right. You know one thing I love about you, Tata. You're one of the most gifted people I've ever met. You have gifts in many areas, service and, and encouragement among them, prayer. But here's what you don't do. God, Batterson says this, God-given gifts are wonderful things and dangerous things. And one of my recurrent prayers is this, Lord, don't let my gifts take me farther than my character can sustain me. Mm. And that's what you model for us, Tata, this, mm. this idea that you put your gifts before God and in His service all the time. And, and we see people who athletes and celebrities and politicians who have great gifts, but they turn the gift into something that they, that mm. they want other people to worship. Well, the one thing that I try to do uh, to, to remind myself who I am is I, I thank God for Tuesdays with Tata, but I also ask him to put his words on my heart and right. his words on my lips for his glory, not mine. That's right. So, friend, here's the question for us today. We'll turn back to Batterson for one more question. What is your greatest God-given gift? What are your most significant God-ordained opportunities? What God-sized dreams has the Holy Spirit conceived in your spirit? That's your Isaac. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to put him on the altar? Yeah, right. Are you willing to go yeah. all in? That's right. Are you willing to give up? Are you willing to believe that God will mm-hmm. reconcile all of it and make it make sense even if you obey him during yeah. the trial? Now, see, one of the things that I have tried to live by is, uh, and, and I, I, we've talked about this before, but... Uh, uh, and when I, when, I, when I said to God, I said, okay, I understand. It's your plan. It's your watch. Have your way with me. That's right. Period. End of discussion. That's right. There's nothing else to say. Just lay it at his feet. That's right. And use the gifts and obey him and serve him. Go all in. Friend, we're almost to the end of all in August. And, and then the, the punchline, what we want to leave you with, is this idea that, that you've got some things that only God gave that God only gave you that there's some some dreams some some skills some gifts some opportunities and you're the only one he gave them to That's right and he wants all of them to be used in his service if you're tired of being so tired and tired of being so hungry and tired of being so thirsty maybe you're just not hungry for the right stuff mm-hmm. and maybe you need to be pursuing him with your whole heart and maybe the reason you haven't is cuz there's something that you haven't been willing to give him yet That's right and he wants you to give it to him. That's right. But the thing is, he, he didn't take Isaac away from Abraham. No, he did he not. He just wanted to know if Isaac was more important to him That's right. than he was. That's right. He and didn't so even he, take Ishmael away from him. He didn't. And he's not going to take your gift. He's not going to take your dream. He's the one who gave it to you. That's right. He just wants to have it in the right place. That's right. He wants you to go all in. But he wants to be honored. That's right. So if we're going to go when God calls us and we're going to pick up the knife when he asks us to, <laughs> and we're going to go all in pursuing Him with all of our heart and mind and soul. When should we do that? Start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron-only episodes, and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad-free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. 
Healthyhabits.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery. DrLeeWarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them. TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.